0: going to follow you the rest of your life
1: now? Yeah. I'm All going right. to the bathroom shortly. They're going to come in as well. So I want to say a few words, because he's not. But I'll tell you what, to say a putting like Edward Cizidans today, <laughs> a testament to you, are going to get sick of winning these. Love you some.
0: <laughs> All right, gentlemen, episode five, Full Swing Thoughts, Shane Ryan, Sam Wyman, Alex Myers, Golf Digest, Guys, I had an interesting experience with this one, which is that Netflix gave us this episode ahead of time. So I watched it two weeks ago. It was one of the first two they gave us, along with the first episode. I didn't love it then. And then just to prepare for this episode, I watched it again yesterday, and I found myself liking it more. So I I have a kind of an interesting experience with that, but I'm feeling more positive than I did when I first saw it. Alex, let's let's start with you. What, what did you think? You watched it once, I assume, like a normal human. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, how was it?
2: No, I I uh we were talking before you jumped on here. You kind of you know set the bar a little lower for us. And I don't know if that influenced me or not, but I actually really enjoyed the episode. I wouldn't again, the Joel Damon episode is still clearly the 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 gold standard here, but um I thought it was a and again. It, it, it's it's you know you're following these guys you see what ends up happening in real life there's a lot of luck involved this ended up being an incredible story because you know he comes so close at the pga championship he keeps grinding and then he wins the u.s open and you have his parents there and his caddies long t- you know the caddy who hadn't won a major and he's crying so to me it ended up being an incredible story I kind of saw what you were saying before. Fitzpatrick himself could have added a little more if he was a little bit more of a personality. Um, he didn't even want to give a speech at the end, which kind of <laughs> spoke to how yeah. you know, little he kind of added to this. But his story was great. He seems like a good dude, which we all knew beforehand. And um, and i so I, I ended up enjoying the episode more than I thought. um Shane, you definitely
1: lowered expectations Licker. for this, and I yeah. went
2: in to this
1: episode. With that in the back of my head, and I'm right there with Alex in that, I actually thought it was way better than I expected, based on uh, you sort of uh, cutting its feet off before we even started. Um,
2: Do that next time. Keep doing it.
1: However, you know, coming off the Joel Damon episode, which we agreed was phenomenal, uh, I found myself being a little nitpicky with certain things, you know, relatively speaking, like not that big a deal, totally fine, but just, you know, falling short of, of of that level. Um, however, a couple of things, one, I did think that the story of him, uh, coming close in the PGA and then, and then when the US Open was great to the point where I was like, oh, how cool that they kind of created this scenario where he yeah. almost won the PGA and then he, <laughs> and then he won the US Open I'm like that excellent, excellent, That's great rating. rating. great writing. Yeah. 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 Um, so, but that worked great and i and where I will disagree with both of you is I think Fitzpatrick uh, was actually sneaky, deadpan. Definitely not this effusive um, personality, um, like Poulter or certainly like Joel Damon. But you know, you got a little bit of who he was, and I think you know it still worked. Are you all enjoying the
2: tournament so far? Yes, thank you. Yes. it's great
1: that's terrible handsome mom yeah
2: it's
1: good are you enjoying the tournament yes i'm sure we're going to get into the other personalities in the episode that that also carried it but but overall um again better than i thought going in um you know way better than episode one still but fair to say not not as good as uh the, the previous episode about joel
0: yeah, I think that was the biggest thing for me is that in my head watch I, again, I don't know where I was mentally the first time and I don't want this to make people not trust me where I'm like I can watch <laughs> the same episode twice and have wildly different opinions but yeah, I was like Fitzpatrick was really good I thought. Uh and it's like yeah, I do think Alex okay. There was a sense of not being that comfortable on camera and there right. are times like when he was with his family um the morning of the final round of the US Open where you're like this is just awkward right like there's yeah. just like a minute of just people being awkward on camera but even that like kind of like at times worked for me and there were times to sam's point where he was very funny i i noted the time i think i might have missed the first time around where um dan was hanging out with him i, I guess it was saturday of the pga um and he asked him you know have you ever danced before because he wanted him to get drunk and dance at his wedding and fitzpatrick was kind of mumbling and dan's like you know what when you were you know drunk in college grinding grinding in college didn't <laughs> stay, didn't yeah, stay not stay enough not even
1: that he'd be like it's too long, long. It's so, some of us have practice yeah true
0: and he's like no no not even that not even that <laughs> 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 that completely killed me and then there are other times where um like they asked him you know why are you getting up all the attention and he's like well they're digging up the dregs everybody's yeah, leaving no, yeah, That what was so uh
2: but that was an actual interview that was yeah yeah that yeah was that was press conference that was really good i agree yeah
0: totally but yeah you get a sense of like here's this like very buttoned up english person almost like a like a stereo even looks very so english yeah. uh but he's definitely got that wry deadpan humor i really enjoyed that um i think the lingering thing in my head mostly from this episode and i, I want to get your guys take I didn't like the contrast originally with DJ and Matt, and I think I liked it more this time, but I still had a sense of the DJ parts were... Maybe they were effective. Maybe it's exactly how they wanted him portrayed. Yeah, it finally just came down to, you know, the offer that they made me. For me, it was playing less, making more money. Pretty simple. I found it extremely unsympathetic. Yeah, I almost felt that if you were going to do a parody... Based on what we know about DJ and have known for years and years, if you're gonna do a parody of what that looked like, this yeah. is exactly what you would expect. Like it's like to a T. Like right. just, that drove me nuts a little, but then I was like, maybe they that's what they wanted.
1: Maybe they really yeah. did it well. A hundred percent. First of all, l- let's talk about that for one second. And actually, let's go back to one of the things that we had struggled with or question about this whole uh construction overall, which is should we be grading this uh this series? on its sort of uh its totality like this the sequence from episode one episode two or should we be looking at these as isolated Mm -hmm. stories that you just kind of pick off as you go because it's just helicoptering in on these moments that are so out of chronology or repeating a lot of the same themes so the whole live threat was covered very well in episode three um so that dynamic certainly uh they've gone back to the pga now three times um back and, to the you know, US open again back to so again none of those um were clanged if you were just watching this episode on its own mm-hmm. on its own totally worked totally fine it was great but if you're looking at it like okay um the story it's building or trying to tell across eight episodes you're like you you, you kind of already covered that this is sort of superfluous so i to that point the dj dynamic didn't work for me you know, it was like, okay, they, p- they play together one round at the p- at the U.S. Open. So there's your sort of, you know, parallel structure. But beyond that, it sort of just seemed like they're jamming him into this for no other reason.
2: I agree. And, and I agree with both of you because we all agreed that Poulter came across as, you know, pretty likable, almost sympathetic. Even with the live dealings, you're like, wow, you can re- really see where he's coming from. DJ wasn't like that at all um you're right it's almost like why didn't they pair the DJ and Poulter because it's a lot of the same stuff why this decision? what's you know how do you assess your career on the tour and what what, you know again all that stuff we kind of covered with the Poulter episode so to go back to that two episodes later seemed odd it was almost like I mean look they kind of had to cover DJ they had him he was the big name he certainly was the big name that the dominoes all fell with the live but you almost would have thought they would have started with dj then instead of poulter and it was almost like they wanted to just get paulina it's and-
1: almost like they it's like they I pick names it, right? they pick names ever had like Listen, we have, right. in this series we're going to cover 20 guys it's going to be uh Max Fitzpatrick <laughs> and uh sam weinman right so it didn't otherwise didn't really work
2: and and right I I think obviously what happened was and it it was actually a storyline because I remember we wrote about it and I remember I've talked about it a bunch since it actually was kind of funny that Fitzpatrick wound up playing with DJ at the US Open playing with DJ is always interesting he's definitely got an intimidating presence oh what a shot well I feel like you know played against the great players and and beating them. And I feel like I've always thought to myself that that I can beat him. That's where they're kind of bridging Mm -hmm. us together. They kind of showed this. They could have even done a little better with it, but like the, all the talk that day, because this was obviously two days before Fitzpatrick won, was that he was out driving Dustin Johnson. And it wasn't even like, what's wrong with Dustin Johnson. It was like, Holy shit. Matt Fitzpatrick is a bomber now. And then, and they, they, you know, they certainly talked about that in this episode and how hard he's worked, but that was like the contrast there. But then from that, then they like give DJ the whole platform with the live stuff. It was just, it just was a little forced, but I get it. They're trying to find ways to, you know, if it's not going to be a solo episode, like Damon, I, I feel, again, that just shows you, I feel like they should almost just stick to the solo. Well, except the Kepka Scheffler one did work. That worked. So, that worked. So I agree. I agree. But this one was more of a stretch.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, um, guys. I, I think the story of a seven-year-old boy beating the world's strongest man is pretty interesting. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking
2: about. I know. They yeah, made it know, really yeah, we, him we, with the biggest monster <laughs> ever. And then right, this little kid, like, comes in there and, like, beats him. I mean... Yeah. But, but,
1: but yeah. let's be clear about one thing. Sorry, I know, Shane, you wanted to say something, but let's go. be clear. There is some great uh, contrast between those two. You know, oh, one yeah. is super yeah. analytical, yeah. worked his yeah, tail yeah. up, writes down every oh, shot, and right. DJs this you know, just has this natural ability. And, you know, how many times they're going to play up the natural athlete angle. Right. So it does so, work on that level.
2: You're right. And and let me just say, it's possible that they had kind of even thought of that before the live stuff came up. And then they're like, well, shoot, now we have to address the live stuff. If, if DJ didn't go to live, you're right. The whole, you know, oh, I just go out there and hit it versus the analytical uh-huh. the big natural athlete versus the guy who works his ass off. And then they do play at the U S open and the, and the, you know, the David beats the Goliath type thing that would work, but then it was just this whole live backdrop. Maybe if they had just covered that angle from DJ in uh, that other episode first, and then gone back to this, it might've worked a little better for me.
0: I just want to say on the natural athlete angle. Yeah, Alex, I totally agree with you. First of all, on the natural athlete angle, they only showed him taking two jumpers. They were ugly. And then they then they couldn't even show the basket. They just had to show him shooting. You heard a shot. Or you heard a
2: sound effect of it going through the net. I, think he, I thought he saw him make one. <laughs> he made one. He made <laughs> one. He did, one. Okay, okay. His the First, first
1: one... couple were bricks, but his form yeah. looked good. Like he does, it he, does he, look he did. Like he did have a
0: good shot. I have to. How remember. did they not yeah. have him
2: dunk? That's all everybody talks about. I, like I've seen dunk. him dunk.
0: I've seen him dunk yeah. at a gym before. He genuinely can jam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe he can't anymore though, Alex. This was Maybe years not. ago. He's lost his yeah. yeah so yeah again look we talked about it. they live on contrast and sometimes they die on contrast this one I, d- I did think it had some good ones but yeah it's like alex to your thing it would almost be better if they were in the final round that would be really something compelling yes. but it's almost like the way they portrayed it like on a thursday of the pga it's like it's all or, or, or sorry of the of the u.s open it's almost implying that everybody was watching, going, "Oh, look at the little English guy getting beat yeah. up by DJ," and then, and then stunned when it was reversed. It's like literally nobody noticed this. Oh, um, no. And I thought the funny thing I was looking ahead at future episodes, and Mito Pereira is one of them. Uh, the episodes,
2: was, but they well, already covered him.
0: No, no, go back to PGA again. Yeah, that's, oh what, that's why I was that's goodness. what the joke I was making. It's like it's Thegala and Pereira in episode seven, and it's like you're gonna oh. at the end we're gonna be like, Did they only cover two tournaments? <laughs> Did they? Yeah, it's gonna be the waste
2: management again.
0: Well, well with the gala, yeah. With the yeah. there's a couple, I think. And then I All think right, like right. I think at the end, Thegala goes and, and like doesn't win a tournament, but he makes the the playoffs or he makes yeah, some level of the cool. playoffs. Yeah, so the, cool. the climax won't be, finished, but they'll certainly show it again um yeah so there's gonna be you're gonna go back to certain ones um and I, I don't think i know they were there all the time i think it's just the luck of the draw that it just so happened that all these people they were covering there turned out to be three or four really dramatic tournaments throughout Tournament. the year yeah. uh we're gonna do it so let me let me ask you guys this I, in my notes i wrote uh i just wrote the term the rationalizations dinner uh it was the, the yeah. dinner with dj and paulina oh. and claude harman was there i think yeah, david winkle from- david winkle was agent. um and it was like they were kind of, they, basically they were making excuses for why he was going to live for me i re- i enjoyed it. that music playing on the range which was nice it just created a little bit different vibe i felt like the fans enjoyed it i just don't think they care they're they really they go do for golf, but they weren't even good ones they're just like like yeah. david winkle would be like you know you know what yes. things change things yeah. change yeah. Like, all these little so, platitudes yeah. and, then, and then paulina real quick then paulina in a cutaway tried to make it about him trying to be a better father than wayne, than wayne gretzky had been to her and you're yeah. just like and like to her, it's your life whatever it's, it's yeah. your story to tell but I, I was just rolling my eyes like you couldn't believe
1: the line i wrote down that really bothered me and listen yeah. my my um, objections to live are I've on record saying I have a lot of problems with it. Less so about all the moral implications, not because I disagree with those objections, but just more like, you know, the guys talking about how they can get more money for for playing less, as if they're so underpaid right now. So the line that really bothered me is, and as
2: if they have to play every week, they right, are, right. To
1: be <laughs> <such> <laughs> right, right. So when he says, someone offered anyone a job doing the same thing they're already doing,
0: but less time at the office and they're gonna pay them more, pretty sure you're gonna take it. Right. And something's wrong with you if you didn't.
1: And it bothers me so much. And again, nothing against DJ. Um, I'm sure he's a fine guy. People say he's a really agreeable guy. But, But again, if you were making minimum wage and this was given to you as an option, God bless. But you are a vastly play, paid professional athlete, even now on the PGA Tour. And to Alex's point, uh, you still pick your schedule for the most part. So let's not make this to seem like you're this indentured servant, right. and this is suddenly you know your your path to to freedom. So that really bothered me. And it just like if you're trying to rationalize it, I thought they did a much better job rationalizing with Poulter than they did uh, with
2: DJ. Oh my god, yeah. and yeah, someone at that dinner, it might have been Claude Harmon. That yeah, it was just like he was like yeah, you know they don't really care. The fans don't really care though. Or something like that. Like they just kind of brush it off. Um, yeah, definitely not painting him in a sympathetic light. Um, the money is crazy though, just to show how crazy it is. I think they, they mentioned somewhere that DJ had made 74 million on the PJ tour. I think he made like 38 million last year, just on live. I mean, so it's like, (laughs) it is insane how different the money is. That being said though, that's the only rationalization for these guys. You can't come in it with all these other stuff. And we've talked about that a bunch, but um, no, I, 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 you know, it was just, it was kind of weird. The D I, I know the F one show does this too. Obviously they don't focus on one guy, but um, when they're talking about live and they're going back to Fitzpatrick and then even Fitzpatrick really never had like a serious brush with Liv or anything. So there wasn't even that correlation with them. Um, it, it, yeah i i thought uh it, it stretched a little with with that contrast it's also
0: that quote uh it's like a lot of people didn't take it and that right. is yeah. might not have been moral reasons it might have just been you know practical reasons or whatever but right. there were a lot of people who didn't and there were a lot of people who wouldn't there are a lot of minimum wage people who wouldn't do it right. <laughs> now that not many you know but probably yeah. there's a lot of people that would jump at that but there are human beings right. that that do take a moral component and and wouldn't do this. Uh, yeah. There was, And there was a um, one after where they asked him, you know, what about the people who care about this and stuff? And he said, I don't really care. And yeah. what I wrote down was me either. Like, okay. And, and what I meant by that is that when you get to this point, like DJ, a personality like DJ is for me, always been only as interesting as he succeeds on the golf course in the context of playing against the best players of the world. And I think what he's going to find, what a lot of these guys are going to find Is that, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know how it's going to go in the future. Maybe Lib will become the premier, you know, golf league in the world. Who knows? But there's going to be a certain amount of irrelevance uh, after this. And what I was wondering after watching this, because I thought the same thing is my first initial thought was the same about the filmmakers going, wow, they they really didn't show this in the right way. But then I was like, maybe they showed it exactly how they want. And my mind went back to what Chad Munn, the executive producer, told me during our interviews, which is that we are going to show these people going to live with the rationalizations, with the reasons that they give, and it's not always going to look sympathetic. So I'm like, maybe it was subtle, but maybe they were kind of trying to portray him, not as a villain, but as, you know, someone who's like, well, this is- Pretty shallow.
1: Yeah. By the way, first of all, let me just acknowledge that, look, these are eight episodes. They're 40 minutes each. So there's only so much uh, they can cover. However, Mm -hmm. did anyone else- struggle with the fact that you're telling the story of dustin johnson you show him hitting a t-shot in 2007 out driving the group in front of him um do you feel like it was a miss that they didn't get into his sort of troubled uh youth and again recognizing that you know you can only cover so much ground but the you know one of the great storylines of his career in my view is you know he was a sort of you know had a sort of checkered past yeah. Uh, now is believed to be this great family, man. I don't know. It feels like if you want to tell a, uh, a, a, you know, a, a sort of human story
2: that would be part of it. Well, and, and again, that would have at least added to some contrast with Fitzpatrick, I guess, This like the, tr- you know, the treating him like this kid His his parents are there and he's winning the U S amateur. And meanwhile, DJ, um, uh, right. He had some trouble. Uh, obviously he's had brushes with potential suspensions with the tour. Um, uh, it's actually funny because last week Jordan Spieth made news, and it was a big post for us about he misses DJ because he was the superstar without controversy. I mean, is Jordan but, Spieth live under uh, a rock? I mean, Jesus I mean, God, I mean but, it, but but I well, think that in the last ten years that has been true.
1: I think that has been true like the last little while. So I think it's not unfair well, to say that. But well,
2: what about Stairgate at the Masters? What about the jet ski uh, injury? But that was, that was went, but that was that was more than ten years ago. I mean, that was a long time ago. Not
1: ten years ago, the we jet ski.
2: Better. 2016 was stairgate the jet ski might have been 14. yeah, yeah
0: see, I know it was 14 because that's when I yeah yeah, so I, mean, I, book, okay. yeah.
2: I mean you're right no, but almost, which was
0: almost a decade ago yeah right. um, but
2: like my yeah. point is it's just like you know he has had these brushes to so you're right Sam they kind of like completely overlooked that um and and this episode actually was longer it was 47 minutes so they do have leeway with this stuff they could have done they no, yeah. oh, you know, so yeah. they could have gone into that a little more instead of maybe the the live question. So no, you're right. They could have. By the way, Shane, I mean, irrelevancy, let's be fair, everybody knows the four aces. So you gotta- <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Or he is he covered, he's on the four aces. But other look, than I'm, that, you're right. It could as be- I run, I'm
0: so sick of talking about the four aces. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was a great
0: so all I hear all I hear. Um <laughs> yeah so it was just it's kind of funny though uh listening to us talk we are naturally gravitating toward talking about dj right like matt fitzpatrick and it's like he's the buttoned up uh wait we started with him but we're quickly now like going on to this guy who is really a blank personality and always has been but matt fitzpatrick um you know it's he comes off as very likable in his own weird way and and he's Boring in his own way, but I have a feeling he'd be really fun to have a, like a conversation sure. with. But the way he depicts himself, he's like, What did it like? It is even kind of funny. His parents' jobs, like his dad was a corporate bank manager and his mom was an insurance. Oh my
1: god, I know I noticed that too.
0: Which are great jobs. So I, I have no jobs. idea what that means,
1: right? Yeah, but it's like it's
0: just like the most generic thing. He he owns a real calendar, which I thought was like like who yeah. uh, who like I'm 40 and like I don't own a real calendar. Like, what somebody like his age? Who owns a real calendar? Um <laughs> then there were, little, there were little moments that cracked me up. I don't know if you guys picked this up, but there was one moment that they showed intentionally where he's in the locker room and he keeps taking a wrong turn. And there's a voiceover going, but it's just like this weird, very brief, like slapstick comedy where he can't find his way out of the locker room. And I'm <laughs> like, I bet if you followed Matt Patrick around, you would laugh your head off over these little things over and over. Then yeah. when he, he banged the US Open trophy, like he almost dropped yes. it. So <laughs> <That's all> good. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I actually am like right. a huge, more of a huge Matt Fitzpatrick fan than ever before. I think before this year, before he won a major, all I really knew about him was like, obviously, very talented, an analytics guy, and like really bad at the Ryder Cup. Like, those are the three things. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, I, this guy, this seems like a guy, like your classic English golfer who will never win a major like this is like Lee Westwood reborn in some ways, except he's not even good at the Ryder cup. And I have a completely different view of him and it's not just because of the show. It's also because he won a major, but yeah, I don't know. I'm really, really into Matt Fitzpatrick. And uh, I, yeah, miles better uh, than I thought it might be to, to feature someone like him.
2: No, no, I, I, I huge Matt Fitzpatrick fan now because we, you know, you always hear about the analytical stuff and him tracking the shots when he actually took out that basket of, old scorecards, and he had er, 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 yardage books, and he had every <laughs>
0: You still got those old yardage books?
2: Yeah, they're in a box.
1: Let's see what the oldest Holy book is. Holy smokes. Let's see what the oldest book is. What? That, that, now, that oh, is oh, here go. mad. This is a good one. Stage two, Q-School. I'll show you uh, how far I hit when I was 10, <laughs> 10 years old. Yeah, not even that.
2: And you see the amount of time he's invested in, and they show him literally at the computer crunching up. I mean, you think about these guys who use the stats and you always think they have a team. And I'm sure Fitzpatrick has a numbers guy who helps him, but that during tournaments, he's like, it reminds me of our commissioner on our golf trip. Like when he does the stats every night on the trip, like it's just like, this is a guy who's trying to win majors. He's like a, you know, millionaire. He's like a star golfer. And he's sitting there doing the work at night that these other guys like DJ aren't doing Um, And whether or not that helps him or not, I mean, it looks like it has, but I I appreciate him a lot. I thought he, you know, comes across very well. You know, he's not the naturally gifted guy. He even like kind of questioned his brother, like, you know, you should be keeping track of your shots better than me. You know I mean? (laughs) I just, I, I I, know. And even his brother was like, he works so hard at his putting. That's why he's good. And this and that I agree. I mean, he, I'm a big Matt Fitzpatrick fan after this.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen. We can. We should also talk uh, a little bit about the sequence of him winning the U.S. Open because I, I was thinking, save for um, the Open Championship, Cam Smith, a couple of putts he made late, the the shot on uh, eighteen for Fitzpatrick at the U.S. Open. Yeah You got. You got to
0: hit a great shot twenty major.
1: mind was the defining shot of the year, like the biggest shot um and you know one of my one of my kind of um asks of this series was they did a they do a good job of portraying you know the playing of golf and the decision making and the drama of of an individual moment and that was the to this point the best one you know in the bunker they show the ball in the air they show the parents um, really well done and it actually was that dramatic right like it actually was a big moment and you saw everything that went into it. They could have probably played it up even more. Like they, they could have, have, they could have showed. Like, wasn't there in separate someone else? Like, didn't Rom hit the lip like earlier? Yeah, that Rom hit the.
2: Lip. They should have showed that. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So, but like, still telling a really good story as opposed to just scores on a scoreboard. Right. Um, I also really quickly want to talk about Dan, our friend. Yeah, it, it, it,
2: this was um, the Dan Board episode. Yeah. And,
1: and the okay, let's just be clear. Dan worked for us, and at the time of all this was at Golf Digest. He has since left to to. To go to Barstool Sports, still a good friend of the program, as we say. Um, no, he abandoned and, us. Let's say it plainly. Yeah, the man abandoned just like, us. Have his name bleeped <laughs> out every time we talk about. Him. <laughs> but, but, um, how do I say this? Dan actually helped uh, bring out a yeah. dynamic that you needed. Uh, like he shows up at their uh, house, a PGA, and he's just—he's, you know, Matt is very buttoned up. Dan is not. Dan's a brilliant uh, journalist, but he's like comes in, he's like plugging his computer in, he's just oh, yeah, kind of yeah. all over the place, and it actually—it just worked. The other thing I'll say, and um, is the the sequence on eighteen that you know Dan was at Golf Digest. I think it's no secret to say that like his reaction actually made some people feel uncomfortable because he was so uh, effusive in his uh, joy of his friend winning. I was okay with it because it was his friend winning the U.S. Open. They actually underplayed it. Like usually this series under, overplays everything. It. This one they actually didn't make a big deal out of so.
2: They underplayed I, it. I mean, they gave him obviously the other times throughout where they showed him following or they, they talked about him, but they did underplay the reaction. Um, I think that's to Dan's benefit because you're right, Sam, that definitely here's where it looked bad more so than anything was that Torres misses a putt in crushing fashion. Yes. You have a guy jumping in the background celebrating. If it's his brother, it's one thing. If it's a journalist, that's tough, but they did a good job explaining it. I agree. It was amazing when he came over. Um that before the PGA and he kind of comes in, he's like, ah, I got like five minutes. Like, and then he's like plugging. He's like, yeah, I'm done. All right. I, I got a couple minutes for you, Fitzpatrick, superstar golfer. But, but if you notice Dan wasn't there before the final round of the U S open. So maybe Matt was like, look, that didn't work for me last time. Um, let's move on. But you're right. Dan definitely got some more, you know, color out of Fitzpatrick. Let's just say. Um, and he, you know, it's great. You, you hear these talking heads in these different documentaries. And you kind of sometimes you wonder, all right, how close were they really to the story? Well, Dan, you can't be closer than this. So this was definitely the episode to include him a lot. They did. Um, It was a good decision by Netflix and and Dan did a great job. I was surprised, though, that Netflix didn't show
0: the moment when Dan screamed out jinx as Zalatoris took his last (laughs) putt. and i think to dan's benefit that they didn't show that it was that that you could go into the journalistic ethics of that but there's some disagreement about was that good he actually (laughs)
2: ran up to Zalatoris and was like in your face (laughs) he he didn't (laughs) even celebrate with fitzpatrick he just he he just taunted he's like
0: i also i also teased dan about this and he won't mind me saying it on text which is that i love the story of how he quote met Uh, Fitzpatrick, which was just him stalking him in a (laughs) cafeteria. I had my eye out for him because I've always been just like a golf sicko. And uh, I saw him in the dining hall, uh, just kind of eating by himself. I walked up to him. I was like, I know who you are. I think he was feeling a little lonely, being like you know from England, he didn't really know anybody. Like, like be,
2: being a, being a golf groupie and just going up, and being like hey, I know like you. going up to Josh Howard at, at Wake Forest back in the day. <laughs> yeah, right. But then he actually, but it shows you like Fitzpatrick. I mean, it's it's interesting. You know, he was a, a British transplant at Northwestern. Obviously, he didn't stay. He only stayed for a semester. So. um but like he was kind of out of place, and it it, it, it works. I mean, it, yeah, it's a crazy story. I and mean, they obviously they are very close friends. They could have even done more on that. So um, yeah. that was a nice little little wrinkle there for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I oh, agree. All right, all right, one more thing, Sam. Back to your point about the the shot out of the bunker. Um, they could have played it up more, but if you remember, what was so amazing was Fitzpatrick really didn't take that long to play it. And mm-hmm. there's the the again the cameras being there and the mics it was amazing he just goes nine iron and Billy Foster goes yeah just smash a nine iron and that was like the right. extent of it I mean it was it was <laughs> amazing for for someone who's so analytical that he just I mean. It was just amazing, yeah. but the way you're the way they shot it, and the the way we got to hear some of the the footage. And by the way, Billy, we should talk about Billy Foster as well. Um, The stuff with Matt's parents were, was great. They were, you know, they're obviously they're so emotional, but like Billy Foster getting that emotional, and Fitzpatrick just kind of like, yeah, I won, I won the U.S. Open, right? And like, then hugging Billy Foster, who had never won a major, and he's a longtime caddy. Um, That was really cool stuff. And of course, we saw that as it happened. But Netflix did an even better job of showing that, portraying that, and Billy,
1: Billy, Billy, Billy.
2: so I want to say a few words because he's not. But... Billy Foster giving the speech after and everything else—that was a really cool emotional moment. So again, you love it when a nice story kind of comes together like this, and it was almost scripted, but. Right. Um, it happens. Someone wins every week at these, these tournaments. And this was a great story. Yeah.
0: Right. I, I, I even wrote that. I, I would have liked to see even more Billy Foster. And again, uh, like Sam said, you know, we can, they already right. had 47 minutes. We, you know, we could have probably we're golf junkies. We'd watched two hours, but right. what an amazing story he is. And yeah. Uh, to see him. That was, that was so awesome. Um, I want to bring up one thing that makes me laugh and I don't know if I'm right about it, but I think I am, which is that any time a player drives a car, and they have the camera on him they immediately go to the to the radio under yeah the it's quotes. amazing under, so it's like fitzpatrick gets in the car plugs in his ipad and it's immediately like friday night's like texas guy being like matt
2: fitzpatrick boy i don't know he's got what it takes
0: this is going to be a tough
2: final round for him the two guys tied at the top wills al matt fitzpatrick let me count them up zero pga tour wins obviously no major champions. and they show
0: matt fitzpatrick looking really serious <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, right, <laughs> I, they did that multiple times throughout this. Multiple times, time. yes. I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah.
1: believe this. I don't right. believe. It. Right. Right. And then it was like same thing. They show him watching the TV on Sunday morning. Like he could have been yeah. watching HGTV for all we know. They just show him watching yeah. TV, and it's you know they're trying to say does Matt Fitzpatrick have what it takes to win? Yeah. I noticed that as well. It was it was it was incredible. I mean, I would love to know the the amount of listening to PGA Tour radio uh, yeah. these guys are doing, especially on the way um, yeah. to to a final round of a major. But you know, and the other thing that I noticed was that Paul Azinger, like they, they they found a way to take like the zaniest things that Paul Azinger said and yeah. just kind of have that overlaid over certain moments.
2: Yeah, I do. I will say I've always wondered, and it, it, it is crazy when these guys have whatever with 245 final round tea time, and you know that they're not sleeping in till noon. So it's like, what do they do all day? And you know, they have to watch a little, especially, well, I mean, well Dustin Johnson probably wouldn't be, he'd probably be whatever, but <laughs> Matt Fitzpatrick. You know he probably is watching, probably wanting to see how the course is playing, or this and that, and 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 whatever. So that was kind of cool, and 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 we mentioned before it was a little awkward. The whole family kind of sitting around doing nothing, but like there is a lot of time to kill before yeah. these guys get to their their tea time, and it, that is kind of a, a challenge in its own right. So um, it, that that I, I kind of like seeing that uh, behind the scenes as well. Is so a let me story. Ask you guys-
0: Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's a story of an old baseball player named Rube Waddell, who was this pitcher, and he was, uh, he would chase after fire engines in the middle of a baseball game. Uh, like, he was very distractible. You think that's what DJs like? Like, basically, like, you have to remind <laughs> him to go to his tea time. He's not nervous at all. He's just, like, fiddling but, with the, re- he's, like, looking in the refrigerator being like, how does yeah. the light turn on every time you... <laughs> <laughs> right. That's can I can, I
1: can I use this occasion and speaking of PGA tour radio and how much PGA tour players listen to it. Can I use this occasion to tell my favorite story? Alex, you've never heard this it was at the, it was a tournament a few years ago. It was Jim Furyk and he did like the lineup of interviews with like golf channel and CBS after a round. And at the end of both those interviews with CBS and golf channel, he says, by the way, I just want to say um, it's my daughter's birthday. I think her name was Callie uh, Callie, happy birthday. I love you. And then he did an interview with Bob Bubka on PGA tour radio, that that was a third interview. And he says, uh, Jim Furyk, none of the nicest guys in the PGA tour. He gives in the whole interview. And then the Deanna goes, and I understand, uh, you have a birthday. You want to wish uh, your daughter? He goes, I don't think my daughter listens to PGA tour radio. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not trying to take a knock at it i'm just
2: saying no, like, no, it's no. not as
1: big a well and at, at,
2: at the u.s open for sure we saw it i mean these guys go through you know the sky sports and this and that they go through like a million interviews and they do kind of say the same thing over and over again and then they get to in front of the the reporters asking the questions and they have to do it <laughs> Again, Sam, I thought you were gonna say you were gonna use this opportunity to talk about Wayne Gretzky, because this is the Wayne the Wayne Gretzky episode. well. yeah.
1: But you they know, did kind
2: of do a little dagger at him.
1: My dad being a hockey player. I'm sure as a kid there were times when I'm like, why does my dad have to play on my birthday? I don't know if they do a dagger uh, at him. No, no, portray. no. I mean, they don't betray yeah. like, look, look, right. let's 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 play it up. My favorite athlete of all time, my my hero in a lot of ways. Uh, His daughter, uh, you know, does not come across as the most, uh, you know, deep the deepest thinker in the world in this episode, and you know, nor does DJ. I think they're I think they're great parents. I think you know I think they really do. I think that's genuine. So I'll say that I think um, I think the great one is is a great parent as well. But I you know, like we're we're all in agreement that that the DJ Paulina dynamic is not nearly as sympathetic certainly as uh, Lona and Joel Damon. Right. Or oh. even as, uh, you know, it, you know, even he, even
0: Kepka and Sims, right?
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's as much as de- as much depth there as as that one either. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so
0: so
2: Paulina's dad played hockey.
1: Yeah, a little bit. He dabbled. He dabbled. <laughs> he right.
2: Dabbled. <laughs> yeah. He's a little player. He you still mentioned Mar- still Mario Lemieux. Let's be clear. <laughs>
0: yeah, but, right,
1: right.
2: Yeah, ah. now, you're
0: just,
1: now you're just trolling me.
0: He, yeah, real quick. You mentioned Azinger. I, there was that moment where Fitzpatrick said that tour where he was referencing. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, I, one thing writing the Ryder Cup book, one thing that shocked me was how much the European players cared about that comment. Mm. And it was something that I thought was a, like a tempest in a teacup. I really didn't think anybody would actually care because it seemed like who, who, he's just talking like, okay, he said one wrong thing. That is, like, so deeply embedded in the European psyche that it's it incredible. like really like and it's, I guess it shows, like, what America is to them versus, like, what anywhere else is to us. We're just, like, sitting here in, like, you know, the, the juggernaut country not realizing it. But to them, it's, like, so deeply personal when someone will, like, insult them that way. And even, like, Fitzpatrick, who to me seems like a generation below, it's like, yeah. wow, wow, that really pissed you off. It really pissed all you guys off. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, and it was Thomas Peters, and he's like, yeah, Daniel Berger said uh a pj tour win is worth four european tour wins and they're kind of like mocking him it it, by the way it also goes to show you that uh, these guys hear and listen to everything although again maybe not dj i I don't know he seems like a different breed but these guys like listen and they are affected by this stuff and no matter what they want to tell you because you see it behind the scenes they're joking about i mean that azinger line now was what like three four years ago at the i remember it's a honda classic it was tommy fleetwood who was, Just to, before was before COVID, right before yeah. COVID right, so almost three, so three years ago. And that, that, that has stuck in their head. That also reminds me Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick was pretty funny with, with again, the deadpan stuff. Peters is like, are these guys going to follow you forever? And he said something like, yeah, you know, if you do well, <laughs> We'll yeah. Attention to you, kind of like to, to 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 Peter. So that was that was a good line. It was also like, yes, they're going to follow me into the bathroom now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right. I'm sorry. I want to apologize to the English accent. Your English sorry. accents are all, <laughs> it's all the same accent, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, well, we should look. You know what? only thing I'll say is we're now uh, five five episodes through eight right now so we're running out of daylight for like storylines we want to cover we're conceding that rory camp smith is going to be one of them which is hey, a, a natural storyline. yep so okay that means there's two two episodes that are undefined uh although you hit go ahead alex
2: i was just going to say that they tease the next one and it's tony finau and colin Morgan. and i wrote down i wrote down tony and colin question mark so again I'm going to go in with probably a low expectations. Maybe that'll help. We'll see if Netflix can spin some, Chad mom can spin some magic here because that just seems like a stretch of a combo. I don't know, Shane, but um, we'll have to see. We'll we'll have to see.
0: Yeah. It's, I guess they're both, you know, they're both non-traditional, like they're not white golfers. Um, Females background in particular, I am kind of excited for because he grew up, you know, his parents Oh, they're from the Pacific, uh, Pacific Island, somewhere his parents. And he grew up in Salt Lake city. Right. And there's a lot of like traditional stuff in his background. That's very interesting. He's one of those guys like Jason day almost where him even ever getting into golf is such an insane long shot. Right. So I'm looking forward to that. Then you have, yeah. Then you have the and Mito Pereira, it looks like, and then they close with Rory, mm-hmm. uh, Cam Smith. So maybe as we wrap up, it's a good chance to like take stock and do the big picture opinion. Um, I guess generally the way we've talked about trajectory is the worst episode was number one and it's only gotten better since this one. We're not going to compare to the Damon episode, but in general, we both, we, kind of seems like we all felt that it's still kind of chugging along nicely. Yeah.
1: And I think it's fair to say that um, we probably were a little bit more nitpicky on this episode than we have been uh, in the, in the last few. And I think that's a hundred percent a byproduct of the fact that it's reached a level where our expectations are higher, right? Like it was still a very good episode. They did a lot of things really well. They told a great story. You know and we're picking these little things just because um we feel like it's in a it's it's done a really good job at this point and so we're just kind of finding the little cracks that are worth exploring but but overall, um, I think they've done a great job they've they've captured you know three of the four majors to this point really well. they captured um, you know like a a, a middle tier experience really well. And so I'd love to know kind of what other areas and they've covered live really well in terms of that dynamic. So I would love to know sort of what goes unexplored and what they want to kind of dive into further we create yeah. eyes because we love exactly we're just trying to make yeah. them better
2: yeah for sure. for
1: sure by the way i just texted chris powers there is a chris powers our colleague he has a cameo on the episode too yes, so I made yes. sure, and i sent I him the video of it too so
0: Oh, I was gonna send him a video. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I cannot believe I didn't get on this thing, you guys. Yeah. I'm so heartbroken. I was I at, I was yeah. at PGA. I could have been in any of those like press shots. I think they, I think they did it specifically. I think they said no Shane Ryan in this series, and I think that's. I'm gonna- yeah,
2: I asked Fitzpatrick a question on that Friday after he vanquished DJ, and uh, yeah, I'm not in there either. Crazy. <laughs>
0: Well, I'll talk to Chad Mo about it. And in the meantime, yeah. uh, we'll come back for episode number six.